Hello, my friends. Here we are back in the Dreams and Callings series. And first off, I want to look at the kind of the different meanings that we ascribe to the term calling. In the past episodes, we've been talking about dreams, dreams in your heart. What is the spark in your soul that kind of gets you excited and happy and feeling fulfilled when you start thinking about it or touching it, doing a little bit of it. But today we're moving into how those dreams can help flow into your actual callings in life. And there are Christian callings on the lives of all believers foundationally found throughout scripture. Then there are individual callings that speak more to who you are, what you do and who you serve in the world. Then there are seasonal callings that apply to the roles and responsibilities inside of a season with a beginning and an end. We're going to talk about each one today, but I mainly want to focus on the middle one, which is the one that I think you and most people are really looking for and need help finding. I believe your individual calling dovetails and connects to your foundational Christian calling as well as with your seasonal callings, if you're aware of it and you have some intention. And that in general, I think brings more joy and wholeheartedness to your life. First, let's define calling. So your calling is something you believe that you need or want to do that's going to change the outcome of your life and the lives of others. It might be seasonal, it might be lifelong, like I said, So motherhood, it's seasonal for some people. It is seriously the time frame of life when you have children. And of course, they grow up, they move out, and you're still their mom, but you're not mothering them at, you know, some point. For other people, it's a lifelong calling where they believe that their individual calling is to mother people, mentor and mother, and um, all of those people who come through the door know that this woman is a mom. She is a mother to many. And she may not actually have been actually physically given birth to children to be called as a mother into motherhood. And there's other things like that. Being a caregiver, some people are called to be caregivers. That's their passion and their lifelong desire is to give care to people in some form or fashion. Others find themselves in a seasonal calling of being a caregiver to a child or a parent or someone who needs extra care, right? Same thing with being a pastor. Might be lifelong, might be seasonal. Being in business, might be lifelong, might be seasonal. (laughs) There's so many different things and it's different for each person. But we're each, you know, sharing in the same general callings found in the Bible that show specific ways we are called to live out our callings, which all of them are pointing to loving God and loving others. So your individual calling has to do with your unique identity. Who are you designed to be? How are you called to reveal your father to the world around you? And this might not necessarily be a job in what you do for work. It's, it's a calling to 
show up fully, be wholehearted in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth the way you are created to do. As we go a little bit further into this, I think that we should define passion and purpose also. So purpose is something that's outwardly manifested, giving you a sense of meaning in your life, like helping widows, mentoring teens, um, cooking for the homeless, creating beautiful things. And passion is something that you feel strongly about. And it's kind of deep inside of your soul and maybe even you feel it physically. So things like justice, leadership, truth, kindness. Um, But your passion and your purpose can connect if you want to bring them together. For example, let's say your purpose, um, let's say your passion for justice is connecting to your purpose that you find in mentoring teens or cooking for the homeless because you want to see justice in these people's lives, right? Or maybe your purpose that manifests through an art form may connect to your passion to bring beauty into dark places, all right? So that's how your passion and your purpose, if you want help just kind of clarifying the difference between these things, I suggest seeing uh, your passion as something more internal, what you strongly feel, and your purpose being something that is manifested outwardly, it's external, it's what you do that helps you feel a sense of purpose, a self, a sense of rightness when you're doing it, right? All right, now let's look at the foundational Christian callings throughout the Bible. I'm going to just throw out some because, of course, this is not a full, you know, extensive list. It's just some of them, but I believe that they are what all of us as believers in Jesus are called to. And I believe that our individual callings can help fulfill these, the foundational Christian callings on our lives in, you know, more unique ways. So Proverbs 31 says to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Isaiah 1, 17 says to learn to do right and seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case of the widow. Isaiah 58, it's the kind of fast that the Lord chooses, right? So loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, break every yoke. Share your food with the hungry, provide the poor wanderer with shelter, and when you see the naked, clothe them, and don't turn away from your own flesh and blood. These are foundational callings to each one of us as a believer. Micah 6, 8 talks about act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Amen. 1 Corinthians 7, 17, live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned you to, just as he has called you. Ephesians 4, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit throughout the bond of peace. 
There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And Philippians 2 talks about make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value yourself, uh, but value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Philippians 3, press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of you. Brothers and sisters, don't consider yourself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing to do, forget what's behind, strain towards what is ahead, and press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. I paraphrased that one. 2 Timothy 1, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Hebrews 3.1. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Yes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. You know me. I love the brain science. I love the mindsets. I love the belief systems. And I love this. It's actually the full thing is, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in this heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. I love that one. Hebrews 12, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. 1 Peter 2, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Like, how can you not just go through the day going, oh my gosh, I am a chosen royal priest, a holy nation, God's special possession. What if you thought about that? What if you fixed your thoughts on the Lord all day long and really thought about the fact that you're God's special possession and You spent your day declaring the praises of the one who called you out of darkness. Come on. (laughs) Let's just do that today. For the rest of the day, turn this podcast off and just go do that. But if in case you keep listening, I'm going to finish this. (laughs) First Peter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And 1 Peter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Remember this, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And my favorite, sorry, saved it for last, Matthew 10, 8, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers and cast out demons and give freely as you have received. Amen. Let's stand. Like, come on. We need to be out there healing the sick and raising the dead and curing the lepers and casting out demons. I'm preaching now. So let's move out. We're going to leave behind, (laughs) though we're consuming the word, and I love it, this foundation 
of calling on our lives as believers. This should be informing our individual callings. We should be looking for our callings to go do all of these things as we go throughout our lives. Let's do that, right? So I want to help you actually determine your individual calling. So start with dreams and sparks of your soul, right? The stuff that I've been talking about in the past few episodes. Look at all of the sparks in your soul and the dreams that you've written out. If you've gone through and done kind of how I've walked you through the past episodes, which ones connect to each other, correlate with one another? How do they benefit each other and influence? And remember that everything in your heart, it belongs in the things that you do, who you are, what you carry. It's supposed to manifest in the external world in all of the ways that you show up in life. You know, the world doesn't always help us feel that way, that it's safe to do this or believe we can truly show up. So we end up shoving down our authentic selves and not allowing who we are to infiltrate our daily lives and how we're operating. But even if the world's not telling us to shut that down, if we believe we need to shut that down, we believe others believe it. And we have a confirmation bias that tells us, oh yeah, see, they didn't ask me about that. It means that they don't want me to be that way. (laughs) You know, (laughs) cast that stuff off of you and step into who you are, what you're made of, and what God wants to bring out of you to reveal his character and nature that is who you are made in his image. Now next, I want you to start looking at the needs of the world around you. Start spotting how their needs intersect with what you dream of doing. God equips the called to do what you're called to in a season. And if Basically, you have a calling to love the people in your sphere of influence and reveal God to them. This guy, Frederick Buchner, he wrote this. Um, it's a quote that I really like. It's called, it says, the place God calls you to is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. What is that for you? Where do you find deep joy, gladness, rightness in doing something, and how does it intersect with the deep need and hunger of the world around you? And this, look at it from the perspective of the world around you, not the world on the other side of the planet. Let's talk about SMART goals, right? (laughs) Something that actually can be taken care of and done right now in front of you. And um, stop putting it off or using Oh, if only, or, you know, I wish that it was that way, because then obviously I would be who I authentically am. Don't wish for something else. Just do something today. Let's also look at your passion and your purpose. What do you feel strongly or passionate about? The types of things that stand out to you, what are they? Things that, um, kind of things affect people you love or care about. What are you actually in position to do something about? Is there something others don't seem to be doing that maybe you're interested in? Is there a need in the world that you feel is urgent and needs care and attention? And how does that dovetail with the things that you are passionate about and the things that you find purpose in? And also look at your giftings and your strengths. That's definitely going to help you 
and get pointed in the right direction. What kind of things are you good at? And, you know, part of that has to do with what kind of life experience you have. What's brought you this far in life? What have you experienced that it has informed your passions and strengths and gifting and desires? You know, what kind of training do you have? What kind of jobs have you worked? What did your life, what did life present to you in your, you know, your family of origin or your upbringing? The kind of things that even if you felt like, you know, hard things happened to you, bad things happened in life, or you were put into positions you didn't ask for, that still informs who you are and what you're capable of today. So don't forget about them. And also look at the things, different moments in the past, maybe even try to think of two or two or three different times in your life or more if you can find them, when you were doing something that made you feel truly alive. What were you doing? Is there some kind of common golden thread tying them all together that can help lead you to an awareness and information about what you're called to? And you know what? One of my favorite things to talk about is your imagination and your intelligence. What can you imagine? What do you have vision for? What kind of creativity is within you? You know, creativity is about building. It's about ideas. God was a, is a creator. And in the garden, he did all of this creation. And then he gave us work to create more things, go plant things, go build things, create more of who you are, go do all of this. It wasn't just multiply, it was create to multiply. And you have to go find inspiration for that. That's really hard to do when you're feeling tired, overwhelmed, fearful, unaware, you know, but step up and overcome it. Heck, get on Pinterest, put in a search word having to do with something and go get inspired. <laughs> There's so many ways in the world to get inspired today. And also, what areas do you have a higher intelligence in that can point to what you carry and how you're made? And remember, not all intelligence is academic. There's physical intelligence, relational, spatial, musical, etc. There's lots of different types of intelligence. And one of my highest intelligences is pedagogical intelligence. Basically, it's teaching. And it's, I say that and I think it's interesting. I used to feel strange um, saying what I'm good at. I have a high intelligence in this area, right? I used to feel weird about it until the Lord said, it's not prideful to be aware of what you're good at and so that you can actually use it to serve God through it, right? It's actually false humility, which is pride, to put aside what you're good at and bury the talents you were given out of fear. So if you struggle to become aware of what you are good at because you're afraid of being prideful, then recognize that the other side of the pride coin is false humility. And that's, it's fear based, it's still pride, but shutting down something because you're afraid of being prideful is still a form of pride. Because if the Lord gave you something you need to put, you need to go invest it, go do something with it and be, be mindful of avoiding pride or when you get prideful, take it to the Lord, repent, and then he's just big enough to do something with it, right? But don't shut down things because out of fear. And um, the next thing I want to say is 
Do it now and do it here. I, I personally believe that we're just called to reveal God daily and bring the kingdom wherever we go, regardless of our calling. We, you know, we know that our love for God is shown by our love for others because the Bible says if we don't love others, we're not loving God. And I use the term love as the umbrella for everything else, meaning that loving others looks like serving them, bringing the kingdom of God to them and revealing the good father and a savior named Jesus to them, right? Well, we all have a calling that is permanent and eternal, and that is to love God and others and to glorify him. And we do that through serving both God and others right now, right here, right where we are. And then when we hear God lead us somewhere else, we follow him. But as we search for individual callings in our lives, I believe we can connect our dreams and passions, purpose, and current sphere of influence to find the things that actually make us feel alive, make us feel like we're doing what we are made to do, like we've come to a place of convergence of it all. So do what you're called to do every day, somehow, even if it's writing it down, making notes, talking about it to somebody, or even allow it to flow into your seasonal callings and responsibilities. If you are called into the business realm, but you're currently homeschooling your children, start a small business out of your home. Teach your kids the principles of entrepreneurship and see if you don't grow because you're using your calling in service to your seasonal calling right where you are serving your sphere of influence. If you feel called to be a caregiver for the elderly, but you're currently waiting tables to pay the bills as you go through nursing school at nighttime, go offer some help to the people that come across your path. Sit at your tables at work and you know, see how you can maybe come to their houses to serve them occasionally, take care of them, or even just spend time with them at the table. Do you have maybe like a full-time job, but wish you could be a missionary somewhere across the world? Well, be faithful with the people in front of you. That's your mission field right now. And be a missionary to the families in your community who are maybe new to the area or the single people with no family, the widows, the children with unsafe homes, and like the kids who hang out in the parking lot more than hanging out at school. Don't wait for some massive shift to start doing the thing I'm called to. Don't live with that because you're going to have regret. You're going to go, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time. Instead of living in the thing I'm called to that I long to do, I never started doing it. Really, it was self-sabotage. It was fear. It was all these things because I was waiting for all of the stars to align and the, the commandment of God and all the money to be there and absolute certainty and I would be translated across the world straight into that one area of China I've always felt called to. No, stop. If you are truly called, you will be committed to the calling more than you're committed to your own self-directed plans and the things you're waiting on. If you're called, you won't be able to not do what you're called to right now. And by the way, coming from a missionary, I can tell you that if you're not content where you currently are in your calling, with your calling, you will struggle to be content where you want to go with your calling. And essentially, wherever you go, there you are. It's a mindset and a belief system. It is not a location and a circumstance that determines your joy and your hope. You might find a job 
to actually walk out your calling in, but you might not. (laughs) Your calling may or may not manifest inside of the workplace or a job that pays your bills. And it doesn't necessarily need to the way that you're thinking of it. In the times that we live in, we have so many incredible opportunities to do whatever we want to do, which has pros and cons. Now it is easier than ever to pursue any path, which is incredible. And also, now it's easier than ever to pursue any path, which is detrimental. <laughs> Personally, it's I see it for the, like the sake of my children, what's in front of them. And I'm like, that's great and terrible <laughs> at the same time. Personally, I have been able to start a business in which I combine my strengths, giftings, experience, dreams, desires, my love for God and others, my passion, my purpose, and meet the needs of all those I feel called to and pay the bills. But it took four and a half decades to figure all that out and start doing it. So I'm just saying, <laughs> it was it's a situational thing, but I've actually been doing the thing that I'm called to do all of these years, all of this time, up to this point where I had a moment of convergence and I've started walking in it. And it's not guaranteed that it's lifelong. And I know that. I know this moment I'm in is a precious moment. It is not a figurine in a chapel in central Missouri. (laughs) It is actually just a literal precious moment. (laughs) It's not a tiny little baby with those big round eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Those precious moments. If you're under a certain age, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But some of you have collections of these. All right, so what about jobs being spiritual or sacred than another or a calling, right? I say, unless it's a job that's actually out of alignment with the word and God's will for you, nothing is, not one job or calling is more spiritual or sacred than any other. So I will say, for example, if somebody wants to hire you to be a hitman or to rob a bank and your giftings and strengths qualify you to it and you find purpose in it and you kind of want to do it, I will just say it's out of God's alignment (laughs) of direction and will for you. Ultimately, it's opposite of what he's called you to do throughout the word, right? So I would say that's when you're going to find out, okay, there are are callings more sacred and spiritual (laughs) than another. (laughs) And I say, tell your friend that needs a hit, man. You're not really my friend and I want to break up. Okay. If you're a pastor or a missionary... It doesn't make your job more spiritual than if you're a teacher, a cop, a cashier, a baseball player, a homeschooler. It, it, what makes things less spiritual has more to do with what's in your heart, your belief system, not with what's in your hand. All right? So consider your calling and your job, any job, to simply be a way that you can reveal God to the world. And instead of being concerned about missing your calling, recognize that your calling is inside of you. It can't be missed. The word of, you know, the gifts of God are irrevocable. And you've, you've simply believed that your calling was something different than what it really is. You've thought it was something you had to chase down and you had to go catch in the right timing. But now that you are aware that you can find ways to bring your calling up and out wherever you go, you can actually begin co-creating that storyline with God 
and love him and love others through your calling wherever you go, wherever you are with whoever is in front of you. And honestly, if your job is not associated with your calling right now, God can give you the grace that you need to be in a job that doesn't align with your passion, purpose, and calling. And he can help you be content in all things, serving him and others right where you are. Consider doing whatever job you have right now to pay the bills or doing what you're responsible for doing. Consider it as a seasonal calling that can dovetail with your individual and Christian callings and continue to pursue that inner calling that you long to walk in and pray for God to reveal opportunities for you to do it. If you struggle to find God or how to serve him right where you are, consider all of the scriptures I shared earlier that point you back to your foundational calling as a believer. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Therefore, my beloved ones, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And my last thing in finding your calling is intimacy. Ultimately, there is only one thing that is needed. His name is Jesus. It's a relationship with him. It's his presence in your life. It's intimacy with your Lord and Savior. He is all that you need to find true satisfaction, hope, wholeheartedness, joy, and really walk in your calling. So as you go looking for and digging inside for what you're called to, cultivate a relationship with him first and foremost. It happens over years and decades. It grows like a deep, deep love, and it you will begin to reflect him as you become more connected to him. Intimacy with the Lord is so imperative to know his will, his heart, his love for you. And so do whatever you can to spend time with him and develop an intimate connection with the one whom your soul longs for, right? The one who longs to be with you 24-7 because he's mad about you. What are some practices that help you personally do this? Maybe it's studying the Bible, taking the walk through the woods, sitting at the table with him when you're alone in the house, just actually having conversation, have a cup of coffee, pour him one, whatever you want to do, <laughs> go for a run and talk to him because I know for a fact that Jesus loves running alongside of me. Go, you know, paint, draw, sing. What is it that you need to do to put yourself in a situation that helps you develop a relationship with somebody? Go do that with Jesus. And, you know, read some books. I always say go read some books. Consume something that helps produce fruit in your life. And there's some books that draw you into a deeper relationship with Jesus out there. And I would say if you're just starting to pursue a real kind of friendship and relationship with the the man Jesus. Brother Lawrence wrote a book called Practicing God's Presence that's really beautiful. And a man named Dallas Willard said, wrote a book um, called Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship. And also think about who else in your life has input to give all of this. Who, you know, what would... The people who know you best say in response to all of these questions, who can go on this treasure hunt with you, right? And I just want to wrap up by saying, what if we started looking for our callings by asking these questions? How do I uniquely do what scripture tells me to do right where I am, as I am with the people right in front of me? 
How do I honor God by revealing him right here, right now, without waiting for a command from heaven to tell me what my calling is, but actually just stepping into what is in front of me? And who does God say I am as a wonderfully designed child of God, uniquely, individually, um, foundationally, and seasonally? So I'm going to wrap this up by saying, here's just a simple prayer you can pray. Prepare my heart, Jesus. Show me the way to go because you alone know the depths of all that I'm created for and called to. I trust your guidance. I love your will. And I thank you for preparing the way for me to love you and others well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends. And it's a little bit on the longer side, but I did have a lot to say. <laughs> Until next time, remember all things are possible.